0: back one and all to this indian podcast dedicated to nba ball our knowledge is big but our actions are small the talk might be trolly but we never ever drawl. welcome once again to your favorite nba podcast in an indian accent the ball is bay nba podcast I'm your host, Ashwin, and I want to thank you for joining us as we discuss the news items that are making the NBA chatter rounds. That, at least, was the reason to start this pod, uh, but we've since delved into an orgy of news, views, love, and abuse. Much like an orgy, not that I've ever been invited to or stumbled upon one. Uh, speaking of orgies, I've got with me, as always, a wooer of women of all ethnicities, someone who claims not to drink but yet enjoys dancing. And someone who, according to rumors, I have a strong feeling he himself started, cannot go bald. Vinit Devaya, Vinit, welcome back to your own podcast. <laughs> How has your week been in overwinter? Of which, uh, according to p- calculations, at least, you are 0.03% of the population, which is not bad at all, I'd say. I am, I am. Uh, and w- uh-huh. where is
1: this rumor about me not getting bald? Where did you read this...
0: This is uh, in in those uh, dark alleyways of the internet <laughs> where I have uh, been visiting. Somebody has been saying that you cannot go bald. Uh, is there any truth to it that? It is Vinny? very true. Been, uh, no, I <laughs> don't. I don't know.
1: But I do. <laughs> I am a, you know. My I have pretty good hair, so it's all good. Uh, Touchwood. Touchwood, man. That. At, uh, at this yeah, age, touch. you know, this is only a blessing.
0: <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean. Yeah I mean, but I think you have enough of a personality that even if you go bald you can still make something. Yeah, you know what there. they say about bald men. <laughs> what do they say about? I have no, bald idea. Men. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought something would come uh-huh. up. <laughs> I mean I, I I don't I think they they are I don't know something they might be saying. They look maybe more mature than that. But also are. I think once you when you're ugly enough, right? Like you have to make more money uh-huh. to compensate. I mean, why would I know that? But sure, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know about it, but I'm saying like...
0: <laughs> don't know about you know. it.
1: <laughs> if, uh, if there they recently
0: were, okay. was... I mean, I I know you don't uh, follow Bollywood at all, but uh, do you follow Bollywood? You don't I follow don't, Bollywood, I don't. right? I don't, but do I, know,
1: I know enough about Bollywood.
0: Uh, so there, there recently have been two movies upon the subject of uh, balding in men. Uh, like two movies released at the same time, more or less, and uh, both talking about how... Men have to deal with uh, like issues of balding. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't watched uh, One is called bal or bala and the other one is called something out of mm. some. It, yeah, is,
1: it, it is a pretty intense uh, topic of discussion because there's nothing much you can do about balding. Like the great LeBron James. Oh, did you see the thing uh, about LeBron James? <laughs>
0: About the hair thing that Anthony Davis yeah. was helping him. Yes. No, that is the true teammate now. <laughs> true team member. True team. And it is. It,
1: I, yeah. I didn't realize that he had hair implants. But after I saw that video, I was like, oh, he does have hair yeah,
0: implants. Yeah, man. Like uh, money makes hair grow back. It's as so simple as that. So i I'd been to Turkey last year, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Turkey is supposed to be, the I think, the hair transplant capital of the world. Cause, uh, like anywhere you're walking on a taxim square or any other of the other squares that they have there and people are just, they, they have those signs that they just finished their surgery and came back. And, uh, oh. one of my clients in Bangalore, I mean, I'm not going to name him of course, but, uh, he's one of the best in India for doing hair transplantation. Like he's a very renowned and in India, it's catching on. I think in 10 years, if you're bald, then you can only blame it on, you know, not having enough money to do the surgery. Mm. I think baldness can soon be cured. Or at least, uh, you know,
1: mitigate yeah, Or ways. like just basically transplanted. Uh,
0: like the Harsha Blue yeah, I mean types. Some, uh, yeah. I always liked uh, bald Harsha though. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, I could be like, yeah. There's something yeah, about whatever. it. There's something about Easter fake
1: hair that's yeah. just like a little fakey, you know. <laughs> I, I, haven't <laughs> seen, nice. I haven't seen I a good you know transplant. It. Have you seen like, uh, uh, speaking of fake stuff, have you seen Mohan uh, Lal these days?
0: Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about Mohan Lal? Yo, yeah, Amitabh everyone is bald, man. I know, like, but
1: have you seen Mohan Lal's full plastic shizzeri face now?
0: No, no, no. Plastic, oh, that one, the one. Yeah, I I, I saw something, but, uh, I mean, that guy is beyond, uh, you know, like, he's uh, transcended us uh, mere mortals talking about him, and those people are all as ridiculous. Yeah. He, he can do anything, and people still yeah, love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's one of those very <laughs> rare old-school actors who's just, like, you know, yeah. inher- he, Kamal Hassan, you know, all those people are i don't think there is still competition for their kind of like fan
0: following um, I, I think they have like they develop those cult feelings uh, cult uh, followings and then uh, i mean nobody can you know get there it takes a decade of work and i think nowadays more people are getting into this acting thing so it's it's difficult to maintain a stronghold like you have to be do something some nepotism can definitely help
1: oh nepotism always helps man our it's the analysis. one thing we both don't have.
0: <laughs> but, but, but what we do have is original content. And uh, last week, if our fans remember, we talked about load management. And immediately the day after we talked about it, uh, the entire NBA was going gaga over it. Everyone I know. and their aunties had an opinion about load management and is it good or is it not good. So we kind of feel proud about absolutely uh, we, getting ahead of the curve. Were ahead
1: of the curve, you know, with NBA Head of the gossip, curve. and that's a good sign for us. You know, like. Uh. We, now we are not following trends, we are making trends, we are, ri- we are not riding waves, we are creating ripples. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how oh, it yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, that is true, that is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this this week, week was a little uh, tough for me, I, I could not catch many games. I, I only saw all the Thunder games and a couple of the Rockets games. Hmm. I don't think we lost, we lost to the Heat, I think, that was uh, horrible. Uh, speaking of the loss to the Heat... There was this very interesting article Vineet, in the in the annals of uh, r NBA, which is a Reddit uh, subreddit for NBA okay. on Reddit. Oh yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, you remember that? Yeah. So it, it 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 went something like the hypothesis for this thing. I mean, I'm a I'm a I am am I love data analytics not because I'm good at it, but because I find the like I find it just as you're performing an experiment to draw a conclusion. As in, you you set up an experiment or you discuss what has happened and then you, you know, see what the numbers tell you. And for me, I think it's a a fascinating journey. So uh, basically for our audience, I mean, if you have not heard about it, some guy, he he made a hypothesis that James Harden, who is known for being a fan of the strip clubs, Mm -hmm. uh, that... James Harden underperforms or performs less than what he normally does in cities which have a reputation for having great strip clubs. And he did his research. I think he, uh, I think he calculated from the time he was a Houston Rocket. So from there, he took his box scores. He took a He did a Google's Google referenced. Uh, search for how good a city's strip clubs are mm. and then he ranked them and then he gave them points and then he correlated it and uh, the results were pretty startling i mean even though the uh, uh, even though the you know like the uh, check was not very strong mm. but still there was a little bit of correlation between james Harden scoring badly and the city having great nightclubs or like strip clubs yeah. in his case yeah, I mean, I I thought, like, people have too much time, but this was really interesting. No, it's interesting. I, it wasn't a good one. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think uh, it's, all, it's probably very, very true also. I mean, I I, I, mean, I don't know if you yeah. have, like, heard all of these people, like, especially when the Miami Heat were, like, doing really well. Uh, all of these mm-hmm. sort of players were very excited to go, to, you know, go to Miami, in Miami. and uh, <laughs> see the finals. And obviously for all the uh, wrong, I wouldn't say wrong reasons, but all, or right reasons, but for reasons known, To us For uh,
0: uh, reasons having no relation to basketball No relation to basketball
1: whatsoever (laughs) And uh, you know if you're an NBA star Who's Uh, earning half a billion dollars a year uh, You know Mm. throughout your lifetime And does he have a girlfriend? I don't think he has a girlfriend
0: I don't think so We'll ask him when he comes on the show So you know He's he's going he's a young kid
1: He's going having a Mm -hmm. good time All power to James Harden I hope he uh, he still keeps boring as should. He play.
0: That was a little weird uh, if our first internet outage in Germany in 50 years if uh, fake news is to be believed. But uh, I think what we were talking about before has absolutely no impact. So we'll talk about some of the sad news of the NBA. Gordon Hayward getting his uh, uh, arm broken. What, what was something like that. And uh, Steph Curry's injuries a uh, little more serious than was believed. And probably they'll uh, rest them out for the entire season so that they can tank yeah. properly and uh, get a number one pick. Mm. And uh, that's yeah. what
1: they're going to get. They're going to get a top draft. You know, I mean that that's that's amazing for them because they they're mm-hmm. probably you know uh, m- I my guess is they'll get a high lottery pick and they'll like package the lottery pick and D'Angelo Russell and like a couple more picks that they will develop uh, over this year and just boom get a get one boom. more. Get Giannis
0: Antetokounmpo. Have you heard about Get, that?
1: Man, that I don't think Giannis is going to join the Warriors. I think uh, Giannis is too much of a competitor and too much of, like, someone who just has a lot of self-confidence.
0: And, uh, uh, like, a lot of respect for uh, competitiveness.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's a KD type, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he, he will probably... He definitely wants somebody to come to his team and, and help him win a championship, but uh-huh. I don't think he's going and joining the Warriors.
0: Okay. Well, you heard it here first. We don't think uh, Giannis is going to the Warriors or no, any other team for that matter. He'll probably get try to get someone on his team. That's what you think.
1: Yeah, I think uh, of all the people that could go to Golden State Warriors, Giannis is not one of them.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, if they ask me, I'll definitely go to the Warriors, but uh, chances look pretty bleak. Yes, chances look very pretty big, Ashwin. <laughs> okay, um, the Lakers and the Celtics have uh, winning runs. I, I, I've not really watched the Celtics that much because mm. uh, last year they really burnt me with that performance in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Did, was, did
1: their coach help you out,
0: man? The, the, the coach uh, also uh, like uh, abandoned me in the last moment. So <laughs> Brad <laughs> Stevens, you owe me one. Of yeah, man, that was ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, have you seen anything in their game? I, I, they have Kemba Walker. I don't think he's an improvement over Kyrie. Well, no, I mean, I think I think
1: uh, the, the bright spot of the Boston Celtics is Gordon Hayward. You know, he's uh, mm. he's averaging 20, 10, 20, 10, 10, 7 I think something like that.
0: Mm. That can't be right. He can't average ten rebounds. But anyway, he's out for the season. So or or out for a considerable amount of time. Uh, yeah. Do you think that'll be? I, I mean, what I'm trying to ask you is. One more superstar is gone out. Do you think that will help the team in some ways? Because counterintuitively, I would say that when the superstars go out, the team starts you know, playing more for each other and not for the big contract or anything of that sort. Like That thought is never in their head. Jason Datum did amazingly well. Uh, Jalen Brown did amazingly well during that uh, Celtics run to the ECF when they had absolutely no one else it might be a blessing in this or might be something I mean I don't know I'm just asking you Ki, do you think that sort of helps because Kemba Walker is also not a superstar superstar like he was a superstar in Charlotte in, uh, in Celtics he's a star at best good player but you know like there are uh, the, the expectations from players are much yeah. higher so do you think it could help I, I, I have a feeling that it could really help the team out uh, the lack of one more ego
1: yeah, I think uh, it will definitely help them, but you know, they need to the point is today in today's basketball you need to score a hundred points. Mm-hmm. So you want you want to look at your roster and say how I'm gonna get these hundred points.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't have Gordon Hayward, then like you need to Easy. get the twenty points, 20 makes points yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: from somewhere from someone else. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh it could be Kemba Walker, it could be maybe Marcus Smart could step up. Uh, I think yeah, and once
0: Enes Canter comes out, I think that'll be definitely help them get Enes easy, easy is definitely baskets, a, like easy baskets. Good,
1: yeah. yeah, he's a good 10 points per game kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. No, I mean the Celtics are strong. Uh, will they will they beat uh, you know the Sixers Bucks. and the Bucks in a playoff series? Probably not. Uh-huh. But uh, they're a strong play- They're a strong team in the East for sure you know mm. i think uh, the surprise team in the east this time were the is the heat you know they're doing really well yeah um but otherwise they're yeah, most of the teams that you know we are seeing are the teams that we expected in the east right
0: Definitely. i mean I, I for me for me personally i think east is a two horse race it's the either 76ers or the bucks though the 76ers have also kind of shown the promise and then you know they kind of I mean, I think they lost like two or three games in a row or something of that sort so hmm. uh, it's still early season but a team like that which has to like which is the f- favorites to be in the Eastern Conference Finals this year has to show a little bit of more maturity I mean Embiid and Simmons have been playing together for three years now I guess no two years definitely third year this yeah. is theirs so I, I would expect them to show a little bit more of you know like a uh, maturity even though they're what 21-22 years old I guess hmm.
1: What do you think about Pascal Siakam just playing crazy shit? Ooh,
0: Pascal Siakam, I, I think last year he kind of broke out in the middle of Kawhi uh, doing his thing. So I thought that was really impressive and a uh, hard worker, very hard worker. He knows what he can do. He does not try to do amazing things. I, I think one of the biggest uh, reasons why Pascal Siakam did well was, I think Nick Nurse took a lot of personal interest in like helping him grow into a player. Maybe nurse knew that uh, Kawhi will leave the raps in the postseason, but I think one of the major reasons for me personally, I thought that the coach really empowered him to make uh, mistakes, uh, like you know, take the ball with the game on the line, have that faith in him, and he's rewarded them multifold, I, I would say multifold. He's earned his million dollars, hundred million dollars, and in the in the in the last nine games, how much do you think
1: Pascal Siakam is averaging?
0: Uh, I have absolutely no clue But I would say Somewhere between 20 to 25 points Where? 20 to 25 points Is that too much? I think He's averaging
1: uh, 28 points 10 rebounds
0: Wow see That's what I'm saying um, That's what I'm see, saying you
1: huh? said, No I'm just saying like You were like 5 points behind You said 20 to 25 The guy's Ah that's 3 points behind that's crazy, man. I, I mean, yeah. I I definitely saw Siakam playing really well, but I didn't uh, I didn't think of him as a 28, 28 kind points of on
0: fifty two percent shooting. Are you serious? That's 41 crazy. percent from uh, three.
1: I mean, I have I have I have a theory. You remember mm-hmm. when when the uh, when the playoffs were happening? I was telling you like how Fred Van Lee fleet was never passing to Kawhi <laughs> uh, to Kawai Leonard. It's, it, like he would just never. Which pass is true. To Kawhi it is not Leonard.
0: a hypothesis. It was actually true.
1: It's, uh, yeah. And huh. he were, and he and Pascal Siakam were together in the G League for mm-hmm. the Toronto Raptors and they are like really good friends. So if you look at the assist rates of uh, Fred Van Leet, I think it should be much higher
0: than what it was last year. Which nine went. he has nine assists this year. I mean, yes. not per game. I so mean, my, you know,
1: my yeah, so my my theory is that Fred Van Leet is a very smart cookie.
0: He okay. realizes
1: that. And he realizes this last year also. Ki, jane wala hai. You know, let me just like hook my wagon to this Pascal Siakam guy. Uh, feed him the ball. <laughs> you know, because still Pascal Siakam, if Pascal Siakam becomes the main player, and if Fred Van Lee, and even Kyle Laurie is gone. Like, let's, you know, for all practical purposes, mm. he is uh, he's a remnant of the Demar DeRozan era.
0: Yeah, I agree. Right? He he's assigned and that one million extension, one one year, thirty million extension.
1: Really? So uh. the the Raptors need players for the next ten years and no one is coming there. So and then they need to pay somebody. So mm-hmm. Fred Van Leet came up with this great strategy like listen, Pascal Siakam is the only player who's probably gonna stay here. He's gonna mm-hmm. sign a four five year contract. Mm-hmm. If I keep feeding him the ball and I'm the reason why he's scoring like thirty points, he's gonna say I want Fred Van Leet. Right, Because, you know, once you're in the G League, you know, like, (laughs) you get one opportunity to, like... Because Fred Van Fleet is a good player, but he's, I mean, you know, he's not that great. I
0: mean, he did great things, but... uh, He
1: did great things, but, you know, everybody does great things. Like a Danny Green kind of great thing, but he's also short, so he really can't defend. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? So, that's my theory. My theory is that he, he realized Pascal Siakam is a good player... Um, and he can make him better by being like just passing it to him and like increasing his numbers Pascal Siakam's numbers uh, because if Pascal Siakam numbers increase and Pascal Siakam stays in Toronto and he becomes an important cog for the next five six years he's going to keep Fred Van Fleet in his team for the next five six years and Fred Van Vliet gets paid
0: what a great theory I think it is not beyond the realms of possibilities cuz uh Vinita is sort of you uh, sort of uh, tend to know some things that most people are not even like uh, you know thinking of or looking at so i, Team I dynamics
1: to man you know what's the secret of basketball according to bill simmons
0: uh, well, is it to understand that uh, it takes five people to win this the secret of basketball is that it is not about basketball oh it's about it's the about people. the
1: people yeah, yeah. And it's a, you should see that you should, speaking of that podcast that Bill mm-hmm. Simmons has come out with.
0: We were well not speaking about, about... It, man. Your segues really need some work, my friend. We're not talking about that podcast. We're talking about Book of Basketball, which is the yeah, name yeah. of the podcast.
1: Yes, but I'm talking about the, sorry, the episode name, Secret of uh, Basketball. Ah. Uh. Right? So that's the, that's the name of the, like the episode name where he talks about his meeting with Isaiah Thomas and all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I, I've and, read the book, no, I told you, I read the book, The Book of Basketball. And uh, in that also, he continuously references the secret of basketball, like the reason, like some people get it, some people don't get it. But what they fail to get it as basketball is not about basketball. So I, I think that's, that's a pretty interesting clickbait, one of the earliest clickbaits uh, ever in print. No, it's man. very
1: Yeah, it's yeah, very true too, you know, like it's just, it's about managing the ego's and all this
0: stuff. Definitely. The game of basketball is
1: very simple.
0: Exactly. I mean, I completely agree with it, not just because from this perspective, I think any time you bring together a team, uh, I mean, uh, something that you definitely know, it's, it's not about what you do, it's about whether you can trust those people to do the job, or you can trust those people to be part of a team, to act like they are part of a team instead of Absolutely. acting for their own uh, self-interest, which is why I was never hired by you, I guess. So we will. What, 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 Which is why I was never hired by you. So we will. I did hire you, but then you ran away. No, that's not true. I just walked away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just didn't turn up the next like, day to work. Hey, I was hey, like, what, no, what, that's what, true. What?
0: <laughs> oh, I just, I just decided hey. to go. <laughs> that was That was a weird morning call for me. I remember it was a Skype call, but yeah uh anyway I mean, we, we you should not be talking too much about separation and stuff because we i, I believe uh, you have some interesting uh, information for us one of our um, please, please i mean i, I don't want to take up space uh, from what you were going to say uh, can you please introduce our next segment or uh, like tell us a bit about what we our fans are going to listen to next
1: yeah so i think uh just to give context to what's coming up next uh, I was in Puerto Rico for three months. And mm-hmm. before that, I, I've lived in Puerto Rico for about six months. So in total, I was, lived in Puerto Rico for about a year. And uh, Puerto Rico has a very, very strong basketball culture. I played a lot of basketball there. And one of the people that I play with, uh, his name is Luca. Uh, Lucas, uh, I call him Luca. And <laughs> uh, he is uh, one of the uh, commentators in the uh, in the pro league. Uh, Mm -hmm. in uh, Puerto Rico and he is also a part owner of one of the top I mean at this point the number one team Mm -hmm. uh, in the semi-pro league and I interviewed him uh, because we go to play basketball together and so I interviewed him uh, right before I left Puerto Rico and with him uh, I have also Angel who is the owner of that of the team called Capitanos? Capitlanos. I can't really say it really well, <laughs> but uh, they are an undefeated basketball team, which Oh very wow. pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, definitely undefeated. And uh, you know, the, it was a great conversation just about. You know, uh, the conversation is about how basketball has emerged in Puerto Rico. What are the styles of play, mm-hmm. so on and so forth? And it's pretty, pretty impressive uh, how different the style is there. And he talks about uh, his journey as a basketball player. He talks about some of the stuff in Puerto Rico that is interesting. So you know, we are an we are an Indian basketball NBA podcast, but we are also international. Yeah, you know?
0: we this our year, styles we, are international. Our accent is Indian. That's all.
1: Yeah, okay. that's all. That's all. It's just the accent is Indian, but our hopes and dreams are uh, international. And so this is kind of our first uh, uh, foray into uh, introducing international guests mm-hmm. uh, with, onto our podcast. So,
0: yeah, here you go. Definitely. All right. Uh, the next uh, voice, I mean, you'll, you will be hearing this segment now.
1: Hey everybody, this is Vineet. Uh, from Puerto Rico again, and uh, with me today, I have my main man Luca, who is uh, one of my favorite people in Puerto Rico and also a big and avid basketball fan. We have played a lot of games together, and I would like to let Luca introduce himself and his uh, you know, his journey in basketball, how he started off, what he played in, and so. Luca, welcome to Ballers Bay and uh, tell tell our audience who
2: you are and where you come from. All right. Thanks, Vinny, for having me. And uh, you said I'm a favorite person in Puerto Rico. You don't know that many people in Puerto Rico. So it's true. Yeah. yeah. But still, like it's an honor. So yeah, thank yeah. you very much for having
1: me. Anybody who plays basketball is my favorite player.
2: Awesome. Very good. So uh, my name is Lucas and I'm here to tell you a little bit about Puerto Rico and basketball. But first of all, I want to share a bit about myself. I grew up Playing basketball, uh, since I was a four year old, I joined the local league in my hometown, Bayamon. Okay. Uh, I was always a fan of Bayamon Vaqueros, which is the local pro, the team. pro team. And it's going to be important later on for yes, yes. reasons you're going to find out. Uh, but basically, uh, my whole family is a fan of Bayamon Vaqueros, except for my dad, who's a fan of Ponce Lions, who is like the biggest rival of Bayamon. Oh, wow. So, um, Whenever, uh, like, my first memories of basketball was, like, watching the local, like, Bayamon Baqueros games with my dad, who was wearing, like, the shirt for the other team. The other team. And it was always a lot of fun to, like, go and and watch games with him. And, you know, something to, to keep in mind about Puerto Rico is that we love basketball. Okay. It's the main sport here. Right. Everyone goes up playing it. There's courts. All over. Yes. Yes. And absolutely. And there's a very unique culture about uh, you know following basketball, uh, not only the pro league but also NBA, as many countries do.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I, I think I have to agree with uh, with Lucas here, is because I've been in other like sort of Latin American countries and Latin American places, and it's mostly soccer. Uh, whereas Puerto Rico is very interesting, where it's uh, baseball and basketball and there are so many basketball courts. Like, every nook and corner, there's a basketball court. I don't see too many people playing, but there is a basketball court. And uh, I I find that really interesting about Puerto Rico. Uh, We all know, you know, that J.J. Barrea, my main Mm -hmm. man from Dallas Mavericks, Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's still with Dallas Mavericks, but uh, he is is still with Dallas Mavericks, yeah. So he's from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm guessing there were more Puerto Ricans in the NBA. Can you speak more about it, like? What's, because I know that the, why don't you go ahead and then you can talk about the the game where Puerto Rico defeated the United States of America.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah, that that was was very exciting. I'll continue with this story. So uh, growing up, like you always follow the NBA players and there was always a lot of good pickup basketball, a lot of leagues all over. So I was good enough that I played for the local team of Bayamon. So we would play. Oh, you did? Like, so you ended teams. up, you ended
1: up in the Bayamon team.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, wow. but for like a little league, like not, not pro or anything like that. But, um, you know, we would have these traveling teams that played against teams from different towns. So okay. it was like a family thing where we would go check out all the places in Puerto Rico. So it was like you would play a game and then you would go like do like internal tourism nice, and check out nice. other places. So it was a whole experience growing up. Uh, and something that, you know, even now, I, I got out of basketball was like, you know, discipline and teamwork and the awesome. social aspect yeah. of it. That, that was really a part of what I still am today. And uh, I got into um, college. Right. I didn't play for my college team, but I played what is called like under 21. So okay. it's like a semi-pro, semipro thing. team. Um, so I played for... Rincon, which is a town on the West Coast. So that's as far as basketball as I got in my life. Okay. So I do, I do have some, some experience at least getting paid something to getting play basketball, <laughs> which is professional, but getting paid something. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I got paid to play basketball in my life. So uh, I can say that.
1: And he's a good player. Like we have played against each other. And, uh, what, w- what was your position most of the time?
2: So uh, I'm not that tall. I'm five eight. So okay. it was always point guard. Always uh, point guard. Like, you know, I would play in teams where like the starting lineup was all like, Six eight, six six, yeah. and I was like this five eight guy. So right. I wasn't the the tallest guy or the most athletic, but uh, I was always very good at knowing tendencies of where people like were to move and like you know high IQ in terms of like passing and making people around me better. Okay. So I you could say like I'm a typical point guard in that way. Okay. Um, but one cool story that I have when you said JJ Barea is. Where I went to school at the university, it's uh Mayak West, which is in the West Coast. That's the hometown of J.J. Barea. So when he was in NCAA, he, on vacation, would come back to his hometown and play in the gym where I would play pickup. Wow. So I played pickup with J.J. Barea a couple of times. Really? And, and you, you, did you school him? Did he school you? No, so listen to this. So, <laughs> okay. um, you always think that you're very good at basketball and that you can play with anybody. But when you play with, like, a pro-level player like Barea, like, even then he was still, like, in college, you know, that's when I knew how far I was <laughs> from, like, athletic NBA performance. Like, right. Like, you could tell Barea was playing, like, maybe 50% of his capacity. Right. And he was still, like, the best player, like, by far. Like, by he far? would bring down the ball and shoot, like, from most midcourt and made them, like, swishing, like, no effort – Like, he would be, like, the fastest guy, you know, from anybody. Like, in only one play, like, you could tell, like, he played a little bit over his 50%. And basically, he jumped so high that his hand, like, touched, like, the backboard when he was, like, scoring a layup. Oh, wow. And, like, the print of the hand, like, stayed on that backboard. Oh, my God. So, yeah, like, even Barea in NBA, like, he's not... The most athletic guy, yeah, but yeah. even then, like the level of those players is incredible. So right, right, right. that's when I realized I had to get at North Korea career. That NBA was not gonna be <laughs> my MB thing. thing. <laughs> but Berea is
1: a very intelligent player and very fast. Like I remember when he used to play with the Mavericks, he had this move where he would like get on the pick and roll and move into like the center, draw the big man in, and then kind of pass it out. That was his like uh, big move. What's your go to move in basketball? Like what if if Luca had if had to get two points, what would he do?
2: I have a couple. Like okay. um Um you know, you you've seen me play. Yeah. So I have a pretty good left hand. Yes. So I can dribble, I can go both sides. I have an underrated hook shot. So I can post up like the other guard and I can score over him. Yes. Pretty much So
1: if you had to if you had to get two points you would do a post up spin hook shot. Is that what you would do?
2: If it was a point guard guarding me, I could do a hook shot like, you know, on the post. If it was a total player, I can like go left or right and do like a lay up with my offhand
1: okay
2: um, i can also score from outside but you know when you're a point guard you know an important thing which is like who's the best scorer in your team so if you need to get two <laughs> points i'll get it to the guy who i know can make them can make them right yeah.
1: and when did you become much more of a shooter like uh, i know that you have a great three-point shot uh like Is it something that you developed recently, or were were you always a good shooter? Uh, How did that happen?
2: Good question. So my my dad was the one who taught me basketball, and one of the things I never forget is he would always tell me, you know, everything you can do with your strong hand, you should do with your off hand. So I was a right-hander, so he always told me to, like, develop my left hand. He was always very uh, consistent about telling me to develop different parts of my game, including shooting. So I would, like shoot a lot from outside and basketball is a game of practice like you work on your moves you work on your shots and that's how you get better so like to all the audience out there especially the younger people who are still coming up and not like me have a chance to maybe play for some kind of pro team yeah it's all about practice like the people that make it you know it's more than just talent because everyone has talent at a certain level it's more about the work you put in the practice, the shots, practice the moves, uh, even like getting your body ready, like lifting weights and yeah. being in shape. As like that, that yeah. goes a long way. And as we get older, our body's not in shape. It's not yeah. in shape. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder and harder each time. It's but, um, you know, even now, like I still appreciate uh, like playing. Like I try to play pickup, you know, twice a week at least. Yeah. And we need went to some games with us in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And tell, tell them
1: how, how, tell them the, ex- tell me like how I picked. Picked up fights with people. Not fights,
2: but they were a little mad. Do you want me to tell the truth? Like, the real truth? The real truth. Tell them the real truth. Should I say he's really good or should I say the truth? No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Vinicius is a really good player. Like, one of the things I like the most about him is his confidence. Like, this guy thinks that he can beat anybody. Like, even, like, the best, tallest player who happens to play pro, who is playing in the league with us. And, and. I like that about him because I know he takes that confidence to every aspect of his life. You know, I think that the really good players that make it far, you have to have a certain level of confidence that you have to believe you're the best because that gives you the confidence to take the shots in the clutch and to play the way you play. So you definitely have that confidence. And one thing I like about him is that he can lock down anybody. Like, he <laughs> wanted to take, like, the toughest assignment, like, the best guy on their team. Kawhi Leonard. And he would do really well. Like, he, yeah. he made it really difficult. Last time we played with the guy that plays pro here he in Puerto Rico. Good. So, yeah, like, you know, if you need... Uh, like a lockdown defense guy, if he yeah. comes to your town, get him on your team. Like, he, he can help you. There you go. He can there help you with go. that. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, man. Kawhi Leonard. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think the thing that, and you know, we'll talk about this more. Uh, the difference that I find in Puerto Rico, the way they play basketball and everywhere else, and I think, uh, by the way, we have another guest who's sitting in this, in the side, and we, we we'll introduce him later. Uh, he's on Hell, and we were, we were discussing this is, uh, in Puerto Rico, it's a very fast-paced, uh, you know, uh, one-on-one, very little of ball movement, you know, like, I'll take you on kind of thing. Yeah. But on defense, they don't have that same mentality. On defense, they're more, we'll do zone, right? Yeah. But on offense, they, they don't mind the one-on-one, but on defense, and I think that's where I kind of would rub shoulders with people is because I would take them one on one and they would just be like, you shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, no, this is just one on one defense. So I think that's the, that's the little bit of a difference here.
2: Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I've played pickup in different countries, different states, and there's like a unique culture, uh, to each place in terms of how they play the game on offense, on defense, how they even keep score. Yeah. There's like all these real little rules. So, for example, uh, in Puerto Rico, um, they play really fast on offense. Um, They play twos and threes like normal scoring. Uh, But on defense, people usually play zone, which is different. Like when I play ball in the U.S., it's It's all man-to-man. It's
1: always man-to-man. It's
2: always one-to-one defense, and you're always in charge of like stopping your guy, which I like better, which is is more accountable. Yeah. So Puerto Ricans, they don't play uh, man-to-man defense unless it's like the last points of the game, Mm -hmm. and they need to lock down, then they play man-to-man. So I would say maybe there's a culture of like maybe coasting a bit on defense so you can try all in on offense, <laughs> <laughs> like saving your energy kind of thing. Um,
1: Carmelo Anthony.
2: Kind yeah, exactly. Of or like LeBron in his latest season with the yeah, Lakers. Yeah, maybe true. like a little burn for the LeBron <laughs> fans <laughs> out there. Um, but, um, you know, going back to what I was saying, like even within Puerto Rico, there's differences regionally in the way they play. Really? For example, okay. Angelis from Ponce, so he can confirm this. In Pongsa, there are certain course so where there's a rule. If you score the ball from three points, you get that position again. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. Oh. And points. And it's double the points. So then it creates like all different strategy because if you're going on a fast break by yourself, you're not going to go for a lay. You're going to go for a three, a three so you can make it and then get the ball and again get bo- and get double get, the points. Oh. So it changes the rules of the game in an interesting way. Okay. Um, there's a lot of places in the U.S. where I think it's in order to easily keep score. The twos are, wor- are worth one point, one and then point. three pointers are worth two. Two points, yeah. So, again, that creates an incentive to shoot a lot more threes because you can get double the points. Yeah. So, there's all these different rules that yeah. serve creating create incentives within basketball that are, are quite interesting depending on where you go. But then, what you are alluding to, which is interesting, there's also the unwritten rules yeah. of where you go. So, like, you know… I think some people were taking issue of Benin because he was, like, playing good defense. And I love that. Yeah. But, like, the guy wasn't used to seeing that level of defense <laughs> in the game that we were playing. So, he wasn't having Like, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy But now. it's because he loves to score. So, yeah. you were doing what you were supposed to do to yeah. win the game. So, I didn't mind that at all. Okay, that's good. That's
1: yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I had a little bit of a roughing with the guy. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. Luca had my back. Yeah, it, um, it
2: was all good. And, yeah.
1: you know, the reason I was I was so confident is because Luca is a very big uh, player in the local basketball uh, sort of arena well and maybe you're...
2: in reputation perhaps because not in height yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> in reputation so so Luca tell them about your stint now as a local commentator in the pro pro league here how do you get into it uh, who are your favorite teams here now are you still like uh, you know a Bioman fan or have you shifted loyalties uh, tell us tell us more about the Pro League here sure and then we're gonna talk about the the stuff
2: happy to so so you know going back to to the beginning of the story uh, I grew up in Bayamon which is a town in the north very close to San Juan the capital so I was always a fan of Bayamon Vaqueros, so it's the Cowboys in English and you know it's one of the teams that have the most tradition in Puerto Rico it's been very famous for a long time and My dream was always to make it at least to the Bayamon Vaqueros team as a player. That didn't happen. Okay. But I got there a different way. (laughs) And the story is that, um, in my day job, I work helping people with their, starting their own companies. And there was this guy who had a company that it was called, uh, 360 Sports, 360 Deportes, that did online broadcasting of games, uh, of different sports. So like the broadcasting he did was, either of sports that didn't receive much coverage in television or games for the Pro League that were not on TV. So he got the rights to those games, and he did online transmissions. Pretty professional, pretty well done. So one day, like, he's sitting in the office. It's like 6.30 p.m. There's a game at 8 p.m. for the Pro League for Bayamon. And he comes to me, and he says, Hey, Lucas, I have a problem. I don't have a commentator for tonight's game. And I think about you know, what are the solutions, and there's no solution other than to say, hey, well, I can be the commentator if you want. Yeah. And he said, okay, great idea. <laughs> That's go, a great idea. Go to Wyoming <laughs> Coliseum right now. So I get in my car. I said, I'm driving to Wyoming <laughs> <I'm laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, wait, I've never been a never commentator report, before. I've yeah. never done this. I've watched a lot of basketball, obviously, I know the game, but I've never done this. So it's like very exciting slash scary thing that I was going to do because right. these games got... 20, like 30,000 people watching, like wow. from Puerto Ricans, mostly from any part of the world. So right. it was, it was like, it's, it's, a, it's a big, a it's lot stellar, of traffic. Yeah. 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 So I get to the stadium. Um, I park in the, you know, backstage area where the workers and the players park. So I feel like, okay, I'm part of like the, you know, people that, that work, right. you know, you know, behind the scenes in basketball. And I go to the transmission booth and the narrator is this, Very well known guy in Puerto Rico called William Villalobos. He's been like a founder of local leagues, like GM of pro leagues, like leader of like the recreation and sports for the government agency, like very well known. And he's a very good narrator. And he sees me and he's asking like the Julio, the guy from 360 Sports, like, hey, who the heck is this guy? I don't know who this is. Why do you bring people that? I don't know. Like he was not complaining like talent, you know, tends to do. And I'm like, no, take it easy. Like, uh, let's do it. Like, yeah. you know, trust me. So the game starts, and I start doing the commentating, and I've never done this, but I sort of have like an instinct on how it works because commentating is all about timing, right? So the narrator is saying what happens in the game, and the commentator's job is to give insight. But you have to yeah. start talking and stop talking, right. and you know, interpret or read the game for the fans, give some stats, give some analysis. Right. So I started doing this and it was flowing quite well. So when the first quarter ends, in the first timeout, we take our headsets off and we press the button so that they can hear us. And like this guy, William, he hugs me and says, yes, you're my partner from now on. Who better (laughs) want anybody else? I love this guy. So after that, I became a commentator for my hometown team, my own vaqueros. There you go. I did that. Um, over two seasons now I did like 15 games so wow. it became like my side job just like going to the stadium and doing comments for my team which that's is like sort of like a dream job that's really. a great job I think so yeah. so do you think that uh, you're going to be next to Charles Barkley one day
1: you know you'll be taking the Kenny Smith position one day is it possible uh, would
2: you be interested of course I mean <laughs> why not uh, I don't know if I can be like Barkley like I think he's too too controversial yeah um, no you'd, you'd be like instead of Kenny Smith yeah, yeah. Yeah, although, you know, like, these guys want to have, like, ex-players. So maybe it can be like, the next Ernie or something oh, like that. Oh, like true. Like, the non-player, the mother the, non-player, the play- discussions play- with yeah. the players. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, but I love Inside the NBA. I think it's the one of the best, best shows on television. Easily the best shows, like... Very entertaining. Yeah, you know, I mean, first
1: take and all is good, but there's nothing like Inside the NBA. They're, they're the best... So, okay, so let's get back to NBA a little bit, right? Because sure. we are an NBA podcast. Yes. We talk about exclusively NBA stuff. Uh, name your favorite players all time. All time. All time. Let's go with top five all time. Ooh, let's start with that.
2: Okay, so so I'm a, I'm a point guard. Point guard. So I'm biased towards point guards. Okay. Um, top five favorite point guards, uh, I would say. No, top
1: five favorite players. And then you can go, we can do point guards after that. Okay,
2: okay, all right. So And you, it's not top
1: five best players. It's okay. top five players that players I like. you love, you know, okay. like the players you love.
2: Okay. Well, I have to say I, uh, Michael Jordan is Michael a really the obvious one? one. Like, everyone will uh, say that. All right. Okay. Uh, like, you know, there, there's a lot of stories about Michael Jordan and the way he approached basketball and right. competition and the mental aspect of it. Like, he was so competitive and... I just love those stories. So okay. I think everyone that likes basketball, yeah. and if you started watching in the 90s, you love Michael yeah. Jordan. Can't, can't hate on Michael Jordan. No. Exactly. Um, like, my first memory of watching basketball was um, watching Michael Jordan, like, play in one of the finals with the wow. Bulls. Okay. Uh, I think this was the finals that they played against the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Oh, the 89... 80- yeah, this that was is like Barkley, yeah. yeah, this was like 1993. Oh right, 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 right. When right. they played Barkley in the finals, mm. uh, I remember like watching that. I was six or seven years old. Now I'm betraying my age here. <laughs> uh, yeah, as old as me, man. Yeah. That's not big deal. yeah. Yeah. Then there's there's the other memory that I remember. Oh. I, I I have two more that I remember like where I was exactly when I watched this. One was watching live when Ray Miller scored eight points in 17 seconds to beat the Knicks. Knicks. Oh my God, I I saw that game live, I couldn't believe it, that was so exciting. You know, it's like one of those moments where you don't believe what you're seeing. The other one that I don't forget is the malice of the palace, like the fight between Detroit, I saw that live. I was was watching that game live, and uh, you know, Indiana is dominating this game, Detroit is behind. Everything goes crazy. Yeah, like Ben Wallace gets pushed, like Rortez lies on the scorer's table, some guy throws a beer. And imagine this, imagine this, imagine you want to go to a basketball game. And you pay for the tickets, you get some really good seats, like right close to the action, and you're watching Detroit against Indiana. The game is awesome, you have your beer, you're having a good time. And then at five stars, you're like, oh my god, this is happening. And then all of a sudden, like, test gets hit with that cup of beer and he's walking towards oh, that's the yeah. the fans and imagine you're the guy that got punched by mistake <laughs> That is because you were sitting there
1: that's crazy. yeah
2: i mean that is really crazy like that's like that was
1: one of the i think just like because <laughs> even when you watch it right you watch the video like yeah. even in slow motion you're just like what happened yeah like why did it because you know the smallest couple happened everything was fine and then once the guy threw the beer, yeah. that's when everything went just crazy.
2: Yeah, it was It's just... like it's like watching a horror movie and then the monsters come out of the TV. It was crazy. And they come after you. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, I went on this tangent, but let me go no, back no, no. to my favorite players. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I, that was like some really interesting memories from basketball. So favorite players. I love Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Um, I think he's a bit underrated in terms of yeah, like what abs- he accomplished abs- with the teams abs- he had. Absolutely, like a uh, point guard that was like really smart. Even in college, coming out of UC Berkeley, like he was a monster. Yeah, getting triple doubles, getting his team Machine. to the finals. Yeah, uh, like the Nets, uh, yeah. you know, getting I mean, them on the finals twice. He had Richard Jefferson as his best other player. Like really, yeah. Jefferson, yeah. Vince Carter was there. Kenyon Martin. Yeah. Like, I mean, they they were pretty good players, but like you could tell he was making them. Yeah reach another level yeah absolutely so i love jason Kidd. um who else Hakim Olajon. hakeem big Hakim man Dream. okay yeah like twice champion with the rockets yeah like just the dream shake like all the moves in the post yeah, like that's tough man that's this guy was just like really really good i mean you see it
1: a hundred times but you like no one can copy that i don't know why it is i mean it ha- i mean we know why it is but it's just
2: like it's so
1: difficult to do that so quickly yeah yeah
2: yeah so him uh and then another player Two i really more. like is reggie miller reggie miller yeah very underrated yeah team. very underrated
1: very good player yeah like he took that indiana team that had nobody yes to like so many finals he, he took them to the to the nba finals where they got like whooped by the lakers but still
2: yeah i like reggie because he was really smart i think he invented like kicking out his feet, his feet shooting yeah. to like draw fouls yeah. And he was also like a great trash talker, like yeah. all this thing with like Spike Lee and like yeah. yeah. rallying him up and yeah. like him wanting to like just like embarrass New York. Like I, I love that. So Reggie Miller, I, I like him a lot. And then I want to go a bit more old school, like Larry Bird. Larry Bird? Wow. Larry Bird. Yeah. Larry Bird, killer. 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 Like he, he had also like these kinds of stories about he would say... Oh I'm gonna score fifty tonight. And then when I did that <laughs> yeah. or he would say like, Oh I'm gonna shoot like from this side, try to stop me and like they couldn't yeah. like just like challenging himself within the games. Like there's another game where Larry Bird says I'm just going to shoot left-handed. Yeah. Like, the yeah, whole starts doing that. Yeah. So, like, all these things. Like, I mean, I imagine admire. how good you are to go to
1: go in a professional NBA and be like, you know what? Today, I'm going to score 30 points with my left hand. Yeah. I'm not even going to shoot a single shot with my right hand.
2: Yeah. That is crazy.
1: And he did it. Yes. He scored, I think, like, 26 or 27 points with his left hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
1: That is crazy.
2: And then one more bonus one, if I may, like, an yeah. international player, like, Arvita Sabonis. Sabonis, Sabonis, old school Sabonis, old school Sabonis. Okay. If you you know if you guys want to see like Nikola Jokic, but you know decades ago, like this guy was just like really smart, great passer. Like it's a shame when he made it to the NBA with Borland. He, he got he got some uh, he, he knees had some injuries right? yeah. like knee in the back. Like he was not the same player. He was still really smart. But there's like some great new video on YouTube when he used to play in Europe. This guy was a monster. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, that's he was true. so good. His
1: his son is also quite good now.
2: Yeah, his son yeah. is good, but Arvidas Saboni is yeah. just another level.
1: Okay, man, that's that's a good one. That's a good one for our for our viewers. Thank you. You want to go for it? best five?
2: Oh, uh, I, I, I know, I know who he's gonna say. Like the first one, I, I just know who this guy likes. Steph Curry, <laughs> is... no, Don't say Steph Curry. No, oh, no. Good. Oh, say it. I know what
1: you're gonna say. Just
2: my favorite player is JJ Redick. JJ, really? Yeah. All right. so he's a great
1: yeah. Yeah, great shooter. Okay. Science University. And Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, wow. Yeah, the style. Yeah. Uh, he brings the sleeve. The sleeve part, yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, Tracy McGrady. Oh, Tracy, oh, Tracy McGrady, man. wow.
1: Tracy was... <sighs> when he was in Orlando. Oh, my God. Oh, man. That guy was... unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. He, he was like Kobe Bryant on steroids. Yeah, right. but, but he was like really smart and... Pastor, like, like he could he he was like Kevin Durant like Kevin Durant mm-hmm. can go to a game and say I'm going to drop 40 yeah. and he can drop 40 yeah right they just like stopping themselves because they don't want their teammates <laughs> to feel shitting yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. that was Tracy McGrady Tracy McGrady could go to any game and drop 40 yeah yeah uh, Kobe Bryant too okay uh, they are the same and um, obviously uh, Michael Jordan. I wish Michael Jordan. Yeah.
2: That's great. Boy, well, I, I can't believe you didn't mention your boy, LeBron James. Oh, that's the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bonus. So, so yeah. if,
1: you, if you had to pick between Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, who would you pick? Uh, for score. No, or? just you. For for capitanos. Uh, if you LeBron had, James. LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. That's that's a bad yeah. That's very good. All right, man. It was great to have you guys on Bali's Bay. And uh, have you ever heard of India and basketball anytime, or is this the first time you ever heard of basketball in India?
2: Well, I've heard that there's a lot of Indians fans in basketball. Yeah. So shout out to all Indian fans here. Yes. I don't know much about the style. i love to visit and play and yeah, see how like, it's like there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Indian basketball, I think, is
1: uh, is a little bit. I would say like Puerto Rican. Basketball mm-hmm. not much defense too much offense mm-hmm. But the only difference is I think in in India like, because the people are a little bit smaller Yeah, they're mostly like shooters. They're okay. very few inside players. Yeah, very few uh, They don't play rough. Yeah, okay, because right. everyone's just like a little like weak So it's like always on the perimeter shooting guard and that kind of stuff but, but Let
2: me do something like Stephen Curry Mm. Great player, yes. But I think he might have ruined pickup basketball. Yes. Now everyone thinks everybody that they can shoot like Curry, really like shooting thirty-five footers, oh and they're not gonna go in. Like everyone thinks that they can do that, and it's just like too he, many confident shooters been, now in pickup he, basketball. basketball. Just he, he ruined
1: he ruined pickup. I mean, Steph Curry is is God, and sometimes like when you see Steph Curry play, you're just like how is he doing it? But he has ruined basketball, especially pickup basketball. Yeah. Especially pick up yeah. best. Awesome. Very well,
2: yeah, I would tell like fans in India to like keep playing, keep supporting because you never know. Like Maybe thing... maybe we can take the capitalinos one day to India. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. In maybe. Fact, no, well, in fact, you know, it's not crazy you mentioned that because Capitaleos were invited to Mexico. Really? To play some exhibition games there. So it's I becoming see. international even now. So maybe like in, in three or four years, Anhel won't even come on my podcast. It's just too big.
0: Maybe. <laughs> yeah, we big. can say yeah. him
2: now before he gets too famous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but one thing i was gonna say is like you know for for fans in india like to keep playing and keep supporting the game because you never know like you, know, you asked me earlier and, and you know, something that you know we should talk about before the the pot ends puerto rico beating in the u.s yes in the olympics olympics that, that was, was that thing yeah like I, I would say like that was such a huge event because it was the first game of the olympics in t- 2004 athens um Puerto Ricans came up with a good strategy to like guard the uh US team which didn't have like much shooting, so they packed the paint and they did to shoot. They went three for twenty four for three point that game. So <laughs> the defense was the zone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. what we play in the pick up. Exactly. Oh, so so the that's yeah. fair. Good oh, point yeah. So the the pickup in the zone, like it really took that That's <laughs> that like we applied it against the US. And it's also like the political <laughs> relation between Puerto Rico, which is a territory of the United States. So right. we're beating like the big,
1: the big boy brothers the, from the north
2: who dominate everybody. It was like the first loss of NBA players. Uh, you know, like dream team, the dream team. Yeah. And, uh, like you would say like that win by itself catalyzed even more in terms of like Puerto Ricans fandom for basketball and NBA and like young people wanting to follow it and, you know, that was like uh, probably one of the top sporting events ever in Puerto Rican
1: history, I would say. Yes, it's
2: probably the top win in any sport in ever. Any sport. Yeah. yeah. Do you, okay, before
1: I end this pod, <clears throat> would you say Puerto Rico is a baseball
2: place or a basketball place? Uh, good question. So I would say both sports are yeah. king. Okay. But baseball used to be more uh, popular before. Okay. Uh, until the Major League Baseball changed the rules for how players get drafted oh, into okay. the league. And that caused like making it harder for Puerto Ricans to join MLB. Really? So there was like the uh, 90s, like Golden Generation. Uh, and we're, I know we're being off topic here. But there was, like, a lot of, there was a lot of good baseball players. And then there was like a decade where there wasn't that many. And then it came back now. So if you see now, there's a lot of Major League Baseball players again. But it took them a while to get accustomed uh, to the new rules got it got it um i would say based on basketball is number one number in terms one? of how many people play yeah. and follow it and knowing like what's happening and uh yeah i think even kids now you would ask them what do they want to be like they would say like they want to be like NBA, yeah right? that's true yeah that's true yeah do you agree i yeah. Yes. 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 But but in the future they're gonna say they wanna be Catalinas San Juan. Yeah, capitalinos Undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. Okay. On, don't on that
1: note, we shall say uh, thanks to our guests for joining us, and uh, uh, I hope Capitalinos remain undefeated.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> if the fans of the podcast, if you're ever in Puerto Rico, come check out the Catalinas San Juan. You can Sweet. follow us on social media. I'll, I'll put all the links and everything. Perfect. Good. Also awesome. perfect.
0: perfect. All right. So that was our, our Vinit's interview with Anhel and Lucas. Uh, you may not have heard much of Anhel, but uh, Lucas was uh, the voice behind the interview. And uh, we are very grateful that we could get, you know, smart minds on the podcast. We've all, we only get smart minds on the podcast. It's a fact for this podcast. It's a prerequisite. We have our guests take an IQ test and then only we allow them. That's not true. Otherwise I would never have made it. But anyway, it was a fun interview. Um, I, I think I think all of us will have a nice intro into, you know, what basketball abroad is. Even though basketball is a very simple game, you could probably go pick up a... I mean, if you're a basketball player, uh, even if you play casually, you know that anytime you hear that basketball dribble, you know that it's a future friend to be made in that uh, in that locality. So, I mean, that's how I made a lot of my friends. I just hear the basketball dribbling and then I go there. Uh, okay, all right, we need them. I think a little less activity in the NBA this week, but we are soon approaching that time when we are going to be releasing our first set of uh, 25 best players in the NBA. Or was it 15? We'll
1: do 15. We'll do 15.
0: We'll do 15. uh, After
1: 15, it's kind of just
0: like, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, (laughs) The 15 top players in the NBA uh, as of now. As of now, as in, as by the uh, by the time I think uh, players play twelve more games, so it'll be a while. But I just wanted to tell you this so that uh, there is a record of me having mentioned this to Vineet, and he has no excuse of saying that I forgot to mention it. All right. Uh, Scabbling aside, uh, thank you for that episode. Our last episode was very well received. We again got uh, much higher uh, and and like lots of uh, uh, bowcase and uh, less fewer brick pads this time. So please keep the love yes. coming. Uh, follow us on. Uh, wherever you follow podcasts. I don't know where do people follow podcasts, but wherever it is, please follow us or uh, check out our YouTube thing. You'll know exactly when we release a new episode so that you can listen to us on Spotify. <laughs> it's uh, one of those things we do. All right, man. Uh, take care. Please uh, let us know if anything is needed. Uh, see, we need,
1: see, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we need, uh, see, you, see you next week and uh, bye-bye to all our listeners.
0: Definitely. And I hope all they. Right.
1: I really hope they enjoyed uh, the the interview with Lucas and they should definitely go and follow uh the capitalanos on instagram yeah. uh we we will uh, tag them to our post
0: definitely we will all right then so take care everyone Benice, bye bye